Riviera Radio Business News. Morning, Hank. Good morning. How are you this morning? I'm very well. Friday's amongst us the best day of the week, although I have to say it's a Henry and Amelia sports day today, which poses a bit of a problem whether or not to participate in the dad's race. So oh, I'll come be on. considering that this afternoon. Do you have a choice? Is it just a straightforward race or is it egg and spoon or in the I bag? I think it's or? a sprint, to be honest with oh, you, which is all right. But um, in my part of the world, there's quite a few premiership footballers from Chelsea and uh, other clubs around. So uh, facing up to them may not be my ideal start to the day, quite frankly. Oh, well, I'd back you. Anyway, moving on <laughs> to the markets. A miserable first half. Yeah, speaking about a depressing performance, uh, long equity market investors certainly will be pleased to see the back of the first half of the year, which has seen stocks registering their worst first half period in decades as volatility surged, central banks turned hawkish, and Russia invaded Ukraine. Risk aversion, of course, has been the dominant theme given the surging oil prices, higher rates, and concerns over recession. We saw that playing out right across markets. In Europe, stock 600 fell 17% over the course of the six months. Uh, in Wall Street, the S&P 500 was down 21% over that same period. Seeing, we've seen the most intense selling, of course, in the technology sector. NASDAQ was down by around about 30%. So you've seen US markets registering their biggest falls since the 1970s, of course, when inflation was an issue. We've also seen bond markets struggling as well. So if you look at US Treasuries, down around about 9% over for the first half of the year. But we should remember, of course, past performance is no indicator of the future. If you look back at the previous five biggest sell-offs in the S&P 500 in the first half of the year, they've all been uh, followed by notable bounces in the second half of the year. If you look at 1970, for example, the S&P 500 was up 27% in the second half of the year. So investors will be hoping for something similar this time around. The dollar continues to be strong dollar index up about nine percent year to date japanese yen has been the worst performer of the major currencies down more than 15 percent and of course bitcoin has really struggled i think bitcoin down by 65 percent in the first six months of the year so it's certainly been an interesting time for investors we'll hope the second half looks better but the opening calls on the european bourses are still to the downside this morning Connie corner footsie down 25 points that's over in frankfurt down 93 points cat corner price off 40 points and what about the eurozone inflation yeah, we get those figures late today. Of course, we've had some clues from the individual countries, so we're expecting an elevated print. In fact, we're forecasting that prices rose by 7 tenths of 1% month on month, with annual rate of inflation coming in at 8.6%, of course, which would be a fresh record high. Driven by rising energy and food prices, strong pent-up demand for summer travel has also been supporting discretionary goods and services inflation during the post-Omnicron reopening. Though sharp deterioration in consumer and business confidence due to the looming cost of living crisis does put firms' pricing power at risk. We forecast inflation won't peak in the Eurozone until September, when we think it will get close to 9%, followed then by a gradual moderation. Elevated levels, of course, putting pressure on the European Central Bank to raise rates. I think we'll see at least 25 basis points in July. There is some debate in the markets whether it's going to be higher than that. Could the European Central Bank really lead off with 50 basis points? I think that remains somewhat debatable, but no doubt there is a risk of that 
as they embark upon ending that era of negative interest rates despite the risk of a recession in the eurozone as we look towards the end of this year. And the UK house prices appreciation is slowing down. Yeah, one of the most common questions actually we get from international clients is the state of the UK property market. After booming the post-pandemic world, UK housing market continues to deliver impressive price growth. However, recent data does show that house price appreciation has been slowing. If you look at the data from Nationwide yesterday, it showed prices grew three-tenths of one percent in June. That is below the half of one percent that was expected in the slowest rate since September last year. The annual pace of growth eased to 10.7% from 11.2% in May. This moderating trend is expected to continue through the course of this year as rising mortgage rates and declining real incomes reduce momentum. Furthermore, the Bank of England's lending survey suggests banks are starting to tighten the availability of secured credit. And when you look at the Royal Institute of Chartered Surveyors survey, shows early signs of softening the balance between buyers' inquiries and instructions falling to levels not seen since late 2020. So taking those indicators into account. We think that's consistent with flat house price growth by the end of this year. Nevertheless, in the medium term, we continue to believe that UK housing market will be underpinned by structural supply and demand imbalances. Inventories still remain close to their historic lows. You've got robust labour markets and, of course, strong demand from international buyers, particularly if sterling remains weak. And the foreign exchanges, please, Henk. Speaking of which, pound against dollar coming in at 121 this morning. Euro dollar coming in at 104 and a half. Going to get just under one euro 16 cents for your British pound this morning. Well, good luck at the sports day. I've just thought if you've got tough competition, then why don't you yes. forget the sprint and go for a three-legged race? Because then you could pair could up. With, you could pair <laughs> up with a, a champion. No? <laughs> that could work quite nicely. I'd probably go for one. Yeah, I don't know about that. I may, they may not choose me. It'd be like being back at school again when you're waiting to be picked. Although I was picked very, very early on in the proceedings, there was always that kid who was picked last. last. And I feel that could be my fate today if I'm not careful. Well, I remember the teacher's race being the most competitive. But uh, Ooh, there you go. Yeah, there you I wait. might push for that today. Well, That's a good idea. Of course, don't get off your face on orange squash. Take it easy. <laughs> off your face. <laughs> off That's your not face. a term you hear very often these days. Absolutely charming, isn't it? Beautiful. <laughs> off your face. Dear me. All right. On that note, I'll leave you. Delightful. <laughs> Have a great weekend, Hank. Have a good day. <laughs> Don't get off your face. <laughs> Cheers. Barclays Private Bank has been in Monaco for 100 years. Since we opened our doors here in 1922, we have enabled our clients to invest in tomorrow and to influence it, drawing on experience, insights and ideas to help them create the world they want to make possible. And we're only just getting started. 100 years in Monaco, 100 years young. 